See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. If that's an issue for you, you can currently stream Your Highness through the Stars app or rent it anywhere you can still rent movies. If that's not an issue for you, then on with the show. Hello and welcome to See It or Screw It. My name's TJ Davis, he, him, pronouns. I'm Emily Schick, uh, she, her pronouns. I'm Dan Murphy, he, him, pronouns. And on this episode, if you couldn't tell by me failing to like light my chillum at the very beginning, we're doing a Because I Got High episode on the 2011 fantasy stoner comedy action movie, Your Highness. Yeah, it's trying to be every genre at once, which... And it fails spectacularly at most of them, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, who wants to give the synopsis? Uh, I don't know. You want to do it? Yeah, sure, I'll yeah. do it. Um, so, it's about Danny McBride, and... Well, it stars Danny McBride, and he is a bit of a oafish fool who just wants to fuck and yeah. do and be lazy yeah yeah party and get laid and he's super jealous of his experienced uh older brother who is a uh adventurer fucking knight or whatever uh well technically a prince yeah he uh, does stuff and everybody loves him and everybody yeah. loves him but nobody loves uh danny mcbride uh, and then um Yes, Thaddeus is Danny McBride's character, and uh, his brother is Fabius, I believe. Fabius. <laughs> Fabius. Oh, the soap Fabius. Well, I'm sure that's why. Like, that's why there's also a character named Manius, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> who's supposed to be manly with a mane. Um, but yes, there, there's an evil wizard at a prophecy that, you know, an evil wizard fucks a uh, virgin and creates a dragon uh, uh, when the two moons align every hundred years it, it, it's possible and um, fucking this evil wizard kidnaps uh, James Franco's bride-to-be played by Zoe Deschanel named Belladonna who he most re who he recently rescued from said evil wizard and uh, doesn't understand like normal human customs and does things like is this fork for like combing my hair little little, uh, little mermaid, mermaid reference yeah, little, yeah. little little yeah. mermaid reference I, I like that i thought that was cute um and uh, they have to quest together to go save the bride to be from this evil dick wizard and along the way um he goes from bumbling fool to heroic action man Partially yeah. because he starts lusting after uh, Natalie Portman's, like, kick-ass female warrior character. Um, which, uh, kick-ass in the sense of, like, that's what her character is doing. Not in the sense that, like, this character worked super well for me. Well, but, that, you know. That's the funny thing about this movie, too, is, like, there are essentially three women roles in this. And it's the, like total fucking ditzy idiot the uh, total fucking uh, lustful badass and then old crones like yeah. Yeah. all the women in this movie yeah which actually um i believe was at, like a a thing that they pointedly did to be like look how fucking ridiculous all of these stereotypes are which again there are parts of this that like it's not like this movie fails in every aspect. It just fails in most of the ones it's aiming for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 interesting of just like I looked up the budget on this after after watching it again. This is sadly the second time I've seen this film. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, they spent 50 million on it, which it's just like you look at that script and I don't I really understand why that budget was a proved but uh, that's, like that's the production the value question. is there like oh yeah no the uh, scenes are not I mean, 
Look, the action scenes are not awful. The costuming is solid. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's even the I don't, I don't the have costuming and the sets and even some of the special effects, especially for the yeah. time, aren't terrible. Like, I mean, like, oh, really? like the the fucking mechanical bird, like that thing, like they spent a lot of money on that, and it still looks cheesy and lame. But to an extent, it's supposed to because it's supposed. Yeah, because I assume it's supposed to, to be a Clash of the Titans reference. So. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to say that it was supposed to be in reference to Bubo, the uh, mechanical owl from Clash of the Titans. Which, yeah. like, hey, that, that's a fun little reference, and yeah, it does look cheesy and cheap, but it still looks pretty decent for the time. But it's yeah. also meant to kind of look cheesy, cheesy and cheap. cheap. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, think that a decent part of the budget, though, really went to a cast and b a lot of their like location shooting. Yeah. No. I mean, these locations. Like, I don't, and then you have stuff like the Minotaur. The Minotaur actually looks pretty good. So the Minotaur really does look good. I mean, yeah, that, yeah they had some practical decent effects. practical. Yeah. Um. Like. Yeah. Like, I, like, I mean, they stole a Farscape alien for their perverted wizard, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It still looks cool when it smokes. It looks yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. I want to talk about like director, writer, cast a bit, and, and then we can get into like other bullshit in it. So yeah. the director of this was David Gordon Green. Um, his like first feature was All the Real Girls from like 2003. But these days, I don't know. He's probably better known for Pineapple, Pineapple Express, Express. Uh, Stronger, the uh, mm-hmm. Boston Marathon Survivor one with Jake Gyllenhaal, I think. Okay, um, yeah. And he's also the director of the new Halloween trilogy that finishes yeah. up uh, later this year. I don't know when this episode's going to come out, so maybe that movie has already come out. Who knows? Yeah. Um, then the writers on it are uh, one of them is Danny McBride. Which, no way, he wrote this. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, look, 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 I look. Mean, right, he wrote a vehicle writing, for himself. <laughs> right. Danny McBride's writing a very loose term because uh, it, it's most. It was mostly an outline with uh most a lot of, of improvisation uh, just improv yeah yeah, yeah. feels that I, way uh, a lot of the time <laughs> but he also wrote the newest halloween trilogy which i think is pretty cool uh, i mean Danny bride yeah he he's i mean he's actually not a bad writer like if you he's look also at, not a bad actor i mean no, he's actually no. the best is actually fucking awesome like if I you mean, haven't watched it like Vice i think Principles like that's his best awesome yeah, Vice... i mean in like alien covenant i like he's really good at it for yeah, whatever is. reason like, like that that movie like, i don't really like but he's good at it yeah. so <laughs> yeah, he's not a bad writer and he's not a bad actor, which is why like this actually disappointed me so much. I was expecting a lot more from this, frankly. Yeah, uh, and I mean, the... I... oh, go ahead. Dan. Uh, yeah, no, I I think that's always been something that happens with this is that I have such low expectations for this that I am kind of consistently surprised at some of the things that they did well. A lot of it is more on the technical end of things, though. Like, he, I, I I do think that like it looks good even though yes. it isn't shot particularly well and i don't think the, the shooting is, is terribly bad it's not i terrible but there's nothing memorable and then there were some no. glaring like technical things that point that stood out to me of like there's a sequence there's a portion in like the the uh labyrinth in which they're crossing the 180 degree line that's very distracting to me yes. um because i think that like well theoretically yeah the labyrinth should be confusing but in that particular scene it that shouldn't be what's happening but whatever so yeah yeah it's a Uh, choice made by a weak director (laughs) overall i don't think the direction was terrible though yeah like there's a couple like i think there were a couple of interesting shots like there's a um like spinning zoom out above zoe deschanel when she's in the red dress towards the end that yeah. I think is a pretty neat shot. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like super exciting, but like it's still a pretty neat shot. Honestly, I would rather a director do like serviceable but fairly but fairly straightforward and kind of boring versus like trying shit that they don't that it, that and absolutely failing at it. No, like, I mean it doesn't so have the just... awkwardness of of some of the Brian De Palma carry shots. Yeah, this is very much, and I mean this is also plays into the the fact that so much of the dialogue is improvised that it's just like it's a lot of fairly wide shots that are static so that they can put in special effects easily. Right. And it's a lot of like shot reverse shot like 
like the camera very rarely is doing something interesting but part of that is like well we're gonna let our actors do whatever they want and we want to have shots that allow us to actually capture them doing it so yeah yeah uh, but I, I was going to say, so what you want, essentially, Emily, then, is to just have Jonathan Frakes direct everything? No, I'm like, just saying, like, if you're going to, if you're going to do, like, it, re cool, inventive shots, make sure they work. Because if they don't, don't fucking do it. Like, yeah. I would rather you do a good job and not be wildly interesting than to do, try to be wildly interesting and do a bad job. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yes. I just, yeah. Um, like, there are definitely directors, like, there's definitely stuff I've seen that it's like, yeah, you tried some really neat shit here, but, like, there's a lot of times where it doesn't work and it completely pulls me out of the movie. I'm like, looking at you, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I mean, and I was thinking more along, like, the lines of, like, like Michael Bay of just sort of like, or oh God, Paul Greengrass of just sort oh, of like, yeah. let's let's just distract you with really flashy editing to hide the fact that we actually didn't get what we needed in the shot. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that doesn't happen in this. Like yeah, everything no. is like you know there, like you know I th I think there's a problem. Sometimes you can get like really flashy camera work, and what ends up happening is you end up confusing the audience. Um, if you're not very good um, and like you can follow everything in this it's just like there's nothing there isn't really that many shots that are like that memorable or interesting yeah but um, you're what you said before about the fact that it's largely improvised like yeah. I, I i would be doing the same thing it would be like yeah you're doing a lot of like wide static shots so that like it gives them the room to do the improv and you also can't really plan like interesting shots if you don't like have an idea of what the fuck's actually going to go on or like how exactly it's going to play out it's hard to plan like i don't know like a like even like a walk and talk shot might be kind of might be kind of weird yeah like it, i i think that it was like given the circumstances i think it was he made some safe choices and it still looked like the the direction was not distracting to me yeah it's also not particularly interesting, though. <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather it not be interesting than be distractingly bad. Yeah, than so. distracting or confusing. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. So. Uh, the other writer on it is Ben Best, who only has three writing credits. Um, this, uh, The Foot Fist Way, which I think is the first feature that Danny McBride was in that I still have never seen and feel like I should at some point. Um, and also, he created Eastbound and Down. Yeah. Uh, but I'm fairly but, certain that him and McBride had a falling out sometime during Eastbound and Down. Uh, that okay. would be likely. I mean, it definitely seems like, you know, McBride is the one who had the clout here, and then he was dragging the other person along. And if they had a falling out, that's why he doesn't have any other credits. So, uh, well, that another he, like future credit. That, but that yeah. and he passed away at some, some point. Like, oh. Yeah, I tried uh, to figure out where, but looking in different places, it's just undisclosed, passed away in September 2021. Oh, geez. But he was in the process of making another film while doing that, but I'm guessing that that other film, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, it, it like was forced to change drastic direction after he died and become more a, a story about... Because it, it was supposed to be like about five friends going on a river trip to help scatter a friend's ashes and then he died so the story of the movie ends up becoming the reality mm -hmm. so it's something i'll probably see at some point after it does come out if it ever does if it ever does i mean yeah a large part yeah. of that would come down to how far along they were in the uh, pre-production or production process because sometimes something like that it's just like well we'll just cut our losses now so yeah i think that they yeah. were in filming when yeah he passed away yeah or maybe they had finished filming and it was in edit. yeah well then if they had finished filming that's very likely that they will finish it so like, well because yeah. a lot of you're gonna have to like, go back and do a number of reshoots as well to right like explain why you know yeah um uh, but yeah, that that's directors and write that's director and writers. And then we've got this like stacked ass fucking cast with McBride pretty much before he was like, I don't know, a semi household name. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's I think... it's hard to say that. Like, I feel like to an extent, this is almost his his peak, and then it was like he peaked a little early, and then and he's kind of just been consistently around in slightly larger capacity than he was before this. But like, all right, still I will never give you. No, I will give you. I... This might be his peak as like a, a movie, movie person. Star. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as, like, as far as his career, right absolutely not. Fucking, uh, like, well, I mean, I'm just saying that this is like the only yeah, thing in his career 100%. that he was like top build. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, for, no, again, for film, for film, yeah. for mo- for he, I think, I think that film, him moving away from film to TV was a smart move because, like, his both his acting style and his writing style sent, seemed to really lend themselves well to TV. Like I said, Something you know, a little more episodic, like Eastbound and down. I haven't gotten, you know, all the way through, but like, I, it, like I could see where, what, how that ended up being a good show, even if it like started a little bit rough, but like vice principles and what's exists thus far of righteous gemstones have been like, consistently solid and like he's both like one of the primary actors and the you know creator and one of the primary writers on the both of those shows yeah no i mean and you're right though i mean like his his style lends itself better to to television than than film because that's one of the things that's a problem with this movie is that like a lot of the comedy sequences aren't particularly memorable it's just kind of them riffing um, uh a, a lot of the comedy sequences aren't particularly funny so uh, like yeah. so my my commentary is you know this is billed as like a action fantasy stoner comedy mm-hmm. i would argue the action part of it's kind of marginal they actually i think the did the best with the fantasy part of it like yep. they did they I feel like they actually really... built a fairly interesting world in they a weird did. Way. i mean as like the concept of like the whatever the fucking guy who sticks his hand in a cauldron and like his fingers become like you know, heads on a hydra like that's actually yeah. kind of rad i've never seen anything like that before so like the fantasy part of it i think they did well at um the yeah. stoner part is actually probably the weakest. Because, yeah, no, like, because there's only, like, a handful of scenes in which they're, like, getting stoned. Two. I, Literally I, I, two. Well, I, I think there are three, but... I, okay, yeah. maybe three. But, yeah. like, that's not even a full handful. Um, and then there are maybe a couple other references to it, period, and that's it. Yeah. I kept a full count of stoner references. I tried to keep it, like... I, I actually watched it again today before we started recording. And I tried to keep a count of... Um, all the pot references and time smoked and yes you're right dan it's well technically it's or no emily you're right it, it's technically four mm-hmm. because you get um you get him smoking with the wise wizard you get him smoking in the carriage on the way to the wise wizard you get him smoking with like a goat man when he's supposed to be at his brother's wedding yeah. And then you get an image of him if he were king smoking on the throne. Right. So there are four yeah. there are four scenes or even just shots of him smoking. Right. Um in total I counted about 10 pot references. Yeah. And four of them are in the opening credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in the drawings in there and then the other six are throughout the rest of it. The first time you see him smoke isn't until 15 minutes in. And the last reference to pot is at the one fifteen mo- minute time, whatever. Oh, I thought I thought there was some implication that there was going that, that after they come back that there's that like not like they get really. high either before or during the wedding. Um, not, but, but really. yeah, I can't yeah. really. Yeah, it's um, no. I mean, I have like. I I feel like this movie would have benefited it, if you're not going to lean into the stoner aspect of it, just leave it out entirely. Remove all the fucking references. No, like, I mean it, the title it's is fine, such a reference. It's fine to have him just be like a guy who smokes weed once in a while, without making it like this is a 
major component of our movie when it's not. Yeah, no, like, I mean, it's weird because, I mean, like, I think that in so many stoner comedies, the whole point is it's like your protagonist, all they do is get high all the time. And then by the end, they need to be more responsible. And by more responsible, it doesn't mean they stop getting high. It's just that they figure out how to be functional while getting high. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's like, isn't what happens in this, which is odd because he's just kind of like kind of a jealous prick. And then yeah. for what? And then he has a total one eighty for no real reason when he finds the unicorn sword. So like yeah, um, it like the uh, the comedy part of it fell really flat for me too. Like yeah, no, there's I, like two scenes that are funny, and that's about it. But <laughs> yeah, the um, from what I'm told, like every fun, every actually every joke that actually landed was in the trailer. So mm -hmm. I can imagine having like watched the trailer for this and been like, wow, this will be wicked funny. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to get high. Oh, and yeah. then like you show up at a theater like real high and you're like, man, I'm high. And this is I'm still not laughing. Well, I mean, that's like, the... like, like most of the jokes just fucking fall flat entirely for me. Like it's like, dude, saying like dick or fucker or something is not a joke in and of itself. Like you're not like. <laughs> I know that, like, I know that they're the, that I know McBride is capable of doing better than that. Like, yeah. for fuck's sake, I've watched Vice Principals. That is shit is hilarious. I know he can do better than that. And it's like, again, I almost, and I almost feel like it's like, yeah, kind of cut the, I, I almost would have said you could have made this the best, the easiest way to make this into a better movie is to cut the stoner and most of the comedy elements entirely and just make this like some you know like D, D style fucking fantasy film that you're just like oh. making with your buddies like so the weird I thing is this is better, better than the D, &D movie <laughs> that doesn't surprise me i mean it doesn't have to be completely straight but like yeah if you're not if again if you're not going to do the stoner part right if you're not going to actually get enough comedic elements in it to make it a comedy don't fucking bill it that way i don't know oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I think the weird thing and, and you make a good point of saying like all the best stuff is in the trailer is like i feel like there are a lot of jokes that like land really awkwardly and it's kind of more not the delivery so much as the editing and pacing like i feel like there are a lot of lines that if you just took completely out of context and played them would be hilarious um and that frequently seemed to be the case of just like getting a like a lot of the things like natalie portman says are kind of completely against her type as an actress yeah. um and it's just kind of funny to see that she actually took this part though she's not particularly interesting or good at it in like, yeah. like it watching it through like grabbing a paycheck you know yeah but, but it's just like taking her scenes out of context like you can make something interesting out of them it's just not yeah. this film um, yeah but like i i don't know i mean in the, like the the moment I think I laughed the hardest at was just James Franco total off key singing in the first yes, wedding sequence. absolutely but that like, works yeah. real well for me too. But like everything else, it is just sort of like I can see where the joke is like completely removed from the context of this film. I think it actually could be funny, but in the moment, it's not. Yeah, um, oh, like, I think that like, and Steven is like the only or stuff. Or are you talking about the rape jokes or just no. like the general dick jokes? I was gonna say like the the not only general dick jokes, but like you know actual like I cut off a minotaur's dick and started wearing it around my neck, yeah. like jokes. It's like yeah. again, I feel like that like there's a way of making that funny, and it's not in the film exactly exactly that's exactly what i want to say is it's like it is it's it's a concept that really like there's a lot of things in here that toe the line between like totally gross and offensive mm -hmm. and like funny and it does not walk that line well no um, i mean well one of the things i actually one of the things i actually weir weirdly like about this film even though again the comedy doesn't quite land is just how ridiculously vulgar it is um because yeah. i just feel like like medieval and vulgarity is something that like historically should exist in the past hundred years it hasn't 
I mean, like mm-hmm. you look at like Shakespeare and Shakespeare is like really vulgar and everyone pretends it isn't. Um, and like, that's one of the things that like, I appreciate that that element is there, but like vulgar doesn't necessarily translate to comedy and they're just kind of unsure how to handle it. So they just say it's a comedy, but really it's just like, they're just living in this really vulgar fantasy world. And like, again, as a world building thing, I like that as a concept. It's just like, what, do you actually do with it? And the film doesn't really know. So yeah, exactly. I think that disenchantment does a better job of figuring out their Absolutely. comedy and vulgarity in a medieval yeah. fantasy. No, well, I mean, that's the, that's the thing that's also like, this came out before disenchantment before game of Thrones. Like there yeah. was a real austerity to fantasy that I fucking hate. Um, yeah. And this completely goes against that, which is one thing that I give it points for. So, oh, absolutely! Like yeah. that's what I'm like. I, like I said, it's it's a it's a tough line for me because it's like I don't hate literally everything about this. I like there's even parts of it that I feel like I have some affection for. It's just that on the whole, it, it's like I don't know. Part of it I think is the the people that are involved, and it's like, man, I kind of expect better from you. Yeah, like. And that's, it feels sort of unfair to say, but it's like, yeah, I just, again, it's like, it feels very much like they took a bunch of shit and threw it at the wall to see what sticks. And like, a lot of it just doesn't stick. And I'm kind of wondering if the, if part of the problem is, is how it, like, if I didn't realize that they did that much improv, like they might have really struggled getting really good effective comedy out of their improv like they just like it's like maybe if you'd actually sat down and like wrote some jokes like that you put more thought into it would have been funnier well i mean it's also i think one of the problems that you run into and this is a frequent problem i think with high concept comedy is that this is a fairly um you know (coughs) straight uh plot in terms of like 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 basically you're just doing a straight fantasy plot and adding jokes to it instead of having a comedic plot um so therefore like all the jokes are kind of just like placed into this instead of like coming out of it i mean i I, you know i think that that's that's one of the big things that like you see a lot of comedies kind of make that mistake especially high concept ones but really if you're going to tell a uh a good uh, like comedy like this i mean I, I i would think you know you'd think to like mel brooks and i think that both blazing saddles and Spaceballs, i think both of those have very high concept things but the plot is still kind of funny like mel brooks makes stealing all the air from the planet completely ridiculous um and you know oh oh they're like like the whole point of blazing saddles is the ridiculousness of racism so like it becomes a comedic plot though we mm-hmm. might discuss in the future how well that's aged but like oh no uh, blazing like yeah. blazing saddles is already on my age like mall yeah. list yeah. like and I mean, you know i mean this is this is a movie that on paper i should fucking love like it, it's it's a fantasy stoner action comedy with like a pack deck of actors in it that i really enjoy which we're gonna continue to try and get through that because i want to get to one goddamn name for no there's yeah name. there's one person specifically that that tilts this really awkwardly and we'll we'll get to them I, I oh i don't know if we're talking about the same one but there's one guy yeah. in it that that's like and i love this actor because of this one episode oh, yeah, of this one talking, show oh we're talking about someone different yeah, we'll yeah. Get to different uh, stuff. but like this is why I didn't know where to put this one because mm-hmm. it, could, it very easily could have been age like Malk. Cause there's a number of things in here that have age like Malk, yeah. but at the same time, looking at, looking at it from today's eyes, it almost makes me start to question if like, it's supposed to be commentary on it instead of just inadvertently stumbling into it. Yeah. I you mean, know? the weird, th- like the thing is, I don't feel like, I feel like, like there's always like, there's a ton of rape jokes in this movie, but like, like they're, they're not as much victim blamey as the really problematic ones you get in really dated material. Um, it's just sort of like, that was an awkward thing to say. 
Um, and mm-hmm. that happens frequently. And I mean, like, this is the one thing that I want to talk about is one of the things that becomes problematic about this is James Franco's involvement, considering what his reputation is now versus when this movie came out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. Allegations <laughs> against him. And that makes a lot of this deeply problematic because I think that Far more you know, initially watching this, it was kind of, uh, you know, cheeky they's drawing attention to this and saying that's a bad thing and then you kind of start questioning what his actual beliefs are now and then it's sort of problematic that he's making these jokes so Mm -hmm. absolutely um but yes that brings us to the second person i wanted to introduce from the movie was james franco before we all knew how problematic he was yeah um then we've got you know badass natalie portman i still want a professional sequel with her in it because I think that'd be rad as hell. Although, honestly, oh, you don't I want think... a sequel to this? I mean, they set up a sequel to this. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy, yeah. I'm so glad we didn't get one, honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm um, really glad. Um, yeah. Although, really, when it comes down to it, I want a Kill Bill Volume 3 that stars Maya Hawk as Kiddo's Kid. But um, that will never happen because I doubt that Uma Thurman would really approve of maya working no, for i mean I, I well i mean i think yeah i mean I, and i always thought that the the actually a lead of kill bill 3 would have been um oh the lead uh, of kill bill 3 should be the daughter of um uh fucking vivica a fox yeah that's like what I was going thinking. to hunt down right that's, what, that's what i was saying kid. yeah so and yeah, having exactly. the kid be played by maya hawk though because why maya hawk because she's Uma Thurman's daughter. No. Yeah. But no, she, but she's also daughter an of, awesome she, actor. Yeah, she's the daughter Shouldn't of. Shouldn't it be Ethan the daughter Hawk of Vivica A. Fox then? Like, I was thinking someone like Storm Reed should play the role, but whatever. Oh, no. Storm Reed would be awesome for uh, Vivica A. Fox's daughter going to hunt down Maya Hawk. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Maya Hawk becomes like your bill. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I thought that we'd be identifying. Well, I mean, I guess you could be identifying with um, either daughter. I just feel like ultimately Uma Thurman is the villain in that film, but I don't think Uma Thurman's that key not working with Quentin Tarantino again. So that just no, like definitely not. Fun. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh yeah, I totally want to work with like repeatedly more with a guy who makes me feel deeply uncomfortable and uh, you know like physically injured me more than once i was gonna say physically injured me more than once and also like you know if if, even if he doesn't it like definitely sexual harassment if not like actual like sexual assault so hey hey every actor seems to be falling over themselves to work with david o russell in his newest film so i don't understand how that happened but whatever oh i don't even know about that we can talk about that off episode though so continuing with the cast we also have toby jones um actually probably my favorite performance in this weird oh way. yeah well i think he's a fantastic actor if you've never seen uh barbarian sound studio it's such an interesting horror flick that has absolutely zero gore in it hmm yeah it, oh. it, it's it's a really it's a neat concept in a good execution and i highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it like it might make it way its way onto somewhere on the spreadsheet at some point because it's a movie that's worth talking about that people don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we also have Justin Thoreau. Um, I know I know him from shit. I know he's like the main character from The Leftovers, I think, but I never watched it. Mm-hmm. But I know I know him from shit. Uh, yeah. Zoe Deschanel, who I still like. I've always had a crush on her. It's so weird some of the parts that she took before she really became before New Girl. Like, like things like this or Hitchhiker's Guide, in which she's just kind of there. Like she's really similar. I feel oh, yeah, like that's to, why the, I love her the so shit much. that like uh, that Karen Gillan has taken on more recently. It's just sort of like she's that girl who's in everything, but kind of assumes that you don't really know who she is. So. Because, like, Zoe Deschanel is, like, in this and Hitchhiker's Guide and Elf. And, you know, it's just, like, oh, she was just in a bunch of stuff as, like, a very similar character. But there's, like, 
a sort of like lack of confidence in a lot of those earlier roles that more recently I feel like she kind of found her persona, especially with New Girl, and then just mm-hmm. kind of ran with it. So, nope, I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, all right, moving on. We also have Rasmus Hardiker, who is like not a face that I know, but apparently he does a fuck ton of voice acting. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I actually, and I thought he was like, you know, really, really good, though quietly so. I mean, it's kind of weird because, I mean, it's like such a large part um, and he's just so no one in terms yeah, of... Yeah, but I think yeah. he's doing that on purpose. Yeah. But like, no, no. he's also like whenever you do pay attention to him, he's like funny and interesting, generally uh, speaking. Yeah. He, he does also get one of my favorite gags in it when what? he uh, spies on uh, Toby Jones's uh, root, um, fucking Julie. Julie. Yeah. Uh, talking to Thoreau's Lizar evil villain, who apparently they make reference that he's only fucking 19, and it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know, I thought that gag was actually kind of <laughs> that, funny. That is but... funny, but yeah. like, I'm talking about um, uh, Courtney long peeing behind a tree, so he's like, full body except for his dick outside of the, of a, like, tree side, and like, it is going so far I don't know if that's meant to mean like Courtney has like some huge schlong or if he's just got like a hard stream. But, I don't know. Like, I didn't really he, find he that shoot, big ad. He's shooting it like like four feet. I don't know why wonder, I find that funny. <laughs> it makes me wonder if like there's just maybe there's some trope in like with, you know, British medieval writing or some shit that like pages are just like ridiculously hung quietly. Like, because that's a thing in Game of Thrones, too. Yeah, oh, no, I, I feel like that Thrones, is... Though. Yeah, the way that they talk about... Yeah, I don't know. There's a weird... Conf- like, I, Courtney has some um, big dick energy to him, which is interesting. <laughs> Compared to yeah. some of the other characters. So, oh, so does Pot Pain. So, and there's you that know. off story about, well, before I met your father, I was a sex slave. Yeah. And I learned a thing or two from those gypsies. <laughs> And it's like, all right, man. So yeah, maybe he, maybe he, uh, but if that's the case, then he should be walking with his dick. Cause like, I don't know if you guys have ever known anybody who walks with their dick because everybody walks with like a part of their body pretty much. And kind of, uh, but have, like, it's not usually the guys that are well hung that walk with their dick, dude. Mm. Just, just a, 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 from personal experience. No. Yeah, no, it's an overcompensation thing. Yes, it's an oh, overcompensation. Okay. It's the same thing as buying like a big truck. Or a or a car that's shaped like a penis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but speaking of Game of Thrones, Tywin Lannister was also in this movie. Indeed actor he was. Charles Dance with yep. long golden mane. <laughs> yeah, because there's like six actors in in Britain. Come on. Yeah, yeah. We, we all know this. Like, honestly, I'm kind of shocked that fucking David Tennant didn't show up as like a background actor at some point. It's... Oh, my God. There's like so many people. Well, I mean, this, it's, 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 it's just Warwick like Davis at shit. the beginning, right? No, it is not. No, okay. I was not. actually surprised that it wasn't Warwick Davis because it, it felt like it like should have been. Yeah. I yeah. think that Davis has like a brother or a cousin. I know he has a son, but okay. I don't think that's his son either. Yeah. No, yeah. because I, I thought because I was like, you look really like you're the wrong age, but you look a lot like him. So yeah, yeah. Although speaking of Warwick Davis, a part of my nerd mind is excited for the Willow sequel series that's coming. Hmm. Yeah, I'll watch it. Um, then we also have Damian Lewis. Before I think before anyone really knew who he was like I yeah because yeah. i think homeland is really where he broke out at least for american audiences yeah, yeah no i mean he, he has other credits exactly. before that but yeah uh and the one that i was really excited for so i have no idea which one you wanted to talk about dan no no one... i'm talking about franco uh, oh okay yeah freaking yeah. creepy yeah oh yeah uh honestly i'm still surprised that he's getting any work but i'm guessing he's mostly just working with the friends who haven't left him yet Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one I really wanted to talk about, or at least mention, was uh, uh, Manius, played by si- Simon Farnaby, 
because he is also in my favorite epi- well, maybe not my favorite, but one of my favorite episodes of the Mighty Boosh, uh, the Power of the Crimp, where he mm. plays Harold Boom coming at you, a knockoff version of Howard Moon. So, yes. I. I personally loved having his face in there because it was like, oh, that that fucking um, uh, what's his name meme, um, Leonardo DiCaprio. You know the one I'm talking about from um, mm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's sitting I on don't... the chair pointing at the TV. Yeah, I don't know this meme. Huh? Nor Weird. do I. Yep. Well, know your memes, guys. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. That that's the entire cast that I wanted to mention. I did. Yeah. I mean, you should well. actually. Men- it's worth mentioning that like two of the other knights, uh, Noah Huntley. I know I've seen in stuff. I just haven't seen him in much. But I mean, he was in shit like Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah. Um, really. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I know Noah exactly. Was... Yeah. As you mentioned him, I'm like, yep, he was. And then Ben Wright that? was the one that looked incredibly familiar to me, and I realized it's because of I think it's from the man from Uncle is the reason that I like his face stuck out in my mind. Yeah, and the 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 mothers. Uh, well, like um, who's who's the guy who runs the battle arena? He's in some other stuff too, and I think the crones are are um, have been in things as well. Oh so. yeah, the crones are definitely like people in stuff like uh i think that they might be most of them are like more backgroundy sort of characters though yeah oh i should also know that night from fucking doom because i've watched that movie way more times than i should watched it more than zero jesus christ (laughs) oh yeah i saw that shit in theaters (laughs) the narrator was charles shaughnessy yeah, I did All not right. realize that until just now. Hey, no you give these people crush. enough money, really they no will idea. do it. He was like one of the main characters in the nanny. Yeah, no, this. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, but I looked it up. This, they they spent fifty million dollars on this film. It made twenty one domestic plus another like six or seven internationally. So uh, not 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 a great investment. But again, it's just like what are you thinking with a high concept comedy? There's just no market for it. Um, this is a high concept R rated comedy that yeah. has a very niche appeal, which is why this also could have been easily a, who the fuck was this made for? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause like, again, on paper, this shit's made for me. Well, and I mean, like, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like it's trying to target, like, I mean, and I think that, the, like, I don't know why you would would have, like, the stoner element that we say is unsuccessful was clearly someone, like, we should push it this way for marketing. And it's just like, but stoner comedies don't actually do that well that often. But I guess this came out probably after Pineapple Express. So maybe they were. Yeah. Pineapple Express that. was 2008. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it was yeah. probably so. something that was pushed by Universal shortly after the success of that. Because, yeah, because Pineapple you know, Express yeah. did do very well. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's a better movie. (laughs) It's a much better movie. Yeah. In fact, that'll, that'll definitely be a, because I got high at some point because I, I don't know. I I mean, I don't don't know how much we can continue to support James Frank. Look, I, 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 yeah, I'm well, not, I'm not. I mean, well, it's that's, like, that's I can, the thing. It's not like we're really giving him money. This movie, who are good, like Danny McBride, is still a good guy, as far as I know. Natalie Portman. One of the things that I really want to say is like one thing that I appreciate about this movie is, despite the fact that I don't think Natalie Portman is particularly good in this, I feel like she took it on as sort of like a way of challenging herself and taking a role that she wouldn't normally do um and you know i i appreciate her doing that even if she kind of failed um because like the the rap this is not so um, i know but she didn't fail that hard either no she doesn't like Like, she's totally fine but i think i think that if you had given if, if this if you had given her this kind of role, but with a better script and perhaps a like more experienced director mm-hmm. or like a better director, I think yeah. that she could have been fucking awesome. I think that, yeah. like, I think that it's really hard when you're in like an unfamiliar environment when you just don't have like. Well, that's the, the thing. Is I, is I look at her her appearances on like SNL, and it's just like she has 
comedic ability. I don't just don't think that she has the ability to be comedic when she's largely improving. Like yes. I think you uh, want yes. to give her exactly what I was going to say. I want to give her because her best stuff be has been the most clearly scripted stuff that she's done well, on SNL. Yeah. So and in fairness, honestly, like from you know, so one of the, you know, listening to a bunch of podcasts, a lot of which are written by comedy writers, or done by comedy writers like one of the things i've heard is that like you know being a good comedy writer like being able to do you know being good comedic actor being good at making comedic scripts does not at all necessarily translate into like being good at improv or being good like at stand-up mm-hmm. like it's they're very different they're all very different skill sets and like i don't think that it's a you know it's really it should be a knock against her in any way because it's like yeah i mean even like the funniest fucking people alive might might choke in that in in that circumstance and i think that yeah i think that the comedy of the entire movie is weaker for it because i think that none of them are as good at that improv shit as they think they are that is they're very not true. as yeah. funny as yeah. they think they are in improv it's uh, like dude Elon Musk. Uh, uh. I, I get I get that it's a stoner comedy, but like if you were like so high that you thought you were being like effectively funny, then you need to smoke less. <laughs> well, I mean that that's the other thing that I always find, you know, that's part of the appeal that I always feel about stoner comedies is that so much of it is like based on this like really lazy attitude, but like the the actual ability to make a film requires some pretty dedicated focus um like I, at least the production end of things i mean I, I i know the rumors about about uh you know someone like seth rogan's writing process involves a lot of a lot of weed but i don't think uh he's necessarily as high when he's actually on set so correct right and and although like, then yeah. there's also kevin smith now these days where i think he is actually that high when he's on set most of the time and that <laughs> high while he's writing most of the time well, I mean, you know, I mean, like I like I, I mean, I can I can like, you know, I folks out there who haven't realized that I also smoke weed yet at this point. Um, I did. I have a full I did a full half pack of the packs, killed it in. I don't know what the first 15 minutes of this. Uh, could you really tell that I'm like, I, I I'm not sitting here going oh my god fucking i don't want to see it it's so funny of just the stupid uh, idea of a stoner but like yeah because i don't i am that's not how i operate so i mean i gotta get fucking ripped and I was gonna say you give you hand me gravity bong things. and then you then you can get me to that point or actually just a regular bong you usually do that. Yeah, I mean I remember my first gravity bong hit, well my first two gravity bong hits in the uh, back bathroom of the Radio Shack in Ashland years ago. <laughs> <laughs> back when and drugs were illegal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it, this shit's all legal now. Which yeah, well. it's awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what? It's awesome for those of us who care about it, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not so much one of those. Yeah, people, we, so. we we know. We, we are fully aware, I'm Daniel. Very uptight. Oh, so. actually, if you want to see me like really, really high, but like uncomfortably so, all you have to do, if it turns out with edibles, all you have to do is give me a small amount. Mm. Yep. Uh, all right, moving on. I was hoping to make like some sort of like drinking or toking game out of this movie and no maybe i just no. got like too distracted but i was gonna say every time they say your highness then you like drink or smoke but dude I, that like, would require like, wanting to actually watch this again which yeah. uh I, well, I, I only got like nine ticks out of that yeah so i don't know i mean like that, that, that is off. kind of the thing of just sort of like what is the proper way of watching this because i mean like obviously the way it's marketed is like just get really high and watch this movie but it's just like no honestly that it's just it. like like all well, that's the only way you can watch this you put it on in the background and it's playing and that's it so 
Yeah, but. and even then, it, it doesn't make good background noise. No, find something else. Yeah. Um. Yeah, seriously, just yeah. watch Disenchantment. So. Yeah, yeah. No, if you want, if you want the All good, right, ver- yeah, well, exactly, you want the good version of this. Yeah, we're 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 forty nine minutes into this. I'm guessing that it's time for verdicts. I'm guessing well. everybody knows what well. our verdicts are. Yeah. Um, Dan, what's your verdict? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I like like we had done this show before, um, like as a local access cable show, and this was one of the movies that we watched. And at that point, I was like borderline see it but like honestly holy shit the, i don't the even situ- remember the situation as oh we did you just didn't show up for an episode but uh, uh, um but but honestly the prop with all the shit surrounding james franco now it becomes a screw it so like and it's actually a fairly borderline screw it for me um because again like i think i i appreciate the world building aspect of it there is the like what the fuck are these actors doing in this film and being fairly committed to roles that like if they were a little looser maybe it'd be more fun but like there's a lot of like weird shit like that about like no one makes this type of movie and like it's kind of like a bizarre car crash thing to watch but ultimately I, yeah i must screw it on this do you want me to go next tj yes you go next I okay think. um i I definitely I see what you mean, Dan. I like I'm uh, I'm on the fence a little bit for the same kind of reason that you are in the sense that like there are parts of this that they they do well. I just think that the parts that they don't do well are such a fucking turnoff in so many instances that it's just like ugh, like it's like it it definitely takes away of the the my enjoyment of the better parts of it so i am going to come on da- down on the side of saying screw it but if it's something that you're like oh but i really really wanted to see this cuz it sounds fucking perfect to me or like i find like way dumber shittier humor like funny even in like like because i find dumb shitty humor funny a lot but like it didn't work for me in this instance um if you're the kind of person that like it works in for you in pretty much all instances then like i'm not gonna say like you shouldn't see it i'm going to say though that like generally speaking i would recommend that you do something watch something else like something that's going to be better yeah i mean no, I I agree. I mean, it's it's such a weird situation of it's like there's elements of this like, that aren't terrible, but it's like, just like, like you said that your your expectation was high and this didn't meet it. Mine was very low, and it's like it's above it, but it's still not great. And then honestly, it's just like I just feel like if I felt like people were having more, like the James Franco aspect of it really just tilt, tips the scales to me. But yeah, I mean that that that's definitely part of it. Like if but... they were all good people making this, I'd be more inclined to support it my personal recommendation is if you want something that's like got this like fantasy element but like it's dumb comedy and it's also like you know like it uh i don't clearly sort of aimed at like stoners and shit what the fuck is knights the knights of badastum is that what that one is that has fucking dinklage in it yes the knights of badastum like honestly that movie is way more fun and fun because that's about a group of larpers actually yeah that's something that i don't think is on my uh spreadsheet so that might have to go on the spreadsheet Uh, but like i would recommend if you're in the mood for like you know vaguely fucking you know like fantasy sort of elements but like it's it just they just pull it off way better that i think that's way more fun to watch personally yeah all right and then my verdict is uh, you know very similar to both of them like pretty much if you're if you're a Danny McBride completionist or a um, fucking, or if you're my stepfather, Rob, then yes, watch this movie. You will find it funny. Uh, for me, I had high hopes when I went to see it in theaters. And then I tried watching it again, like, 
don't know, three or four years ago. And then I watched it again twice in the last 24 hours. And I am, I am of the same verdict that I always have been. I started to see something slightly more because uh, I was thinking, well, maybe this was purposeful instead of just like, huh, this would be funny. And it still comes across as, huh, this would be funny. So yep. I am I am on the side of screw it. Wow. Yeah. A rare screw it from TJ. A, a very rare screw it from TJ since TJ does most of the programming yeah, on it. Yeah, TJ bugs <laughs> fucking rubber. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, man I'm gonna bring that up for the rest of my fucking like. life. I see, not of, I see more of what you guys say about it, but <laughs> shit, we gotta fucking release the rubber episode before this one. Then um, <laughs> we've brought it up on like every fucking episode. Yeah, because the movie's terrible. <laughs> yes. Oh, then yeah, and I bring it up all the time in real life too, because it's like I'm never gonna forgive you for that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, as as you guys shouldn't. Um, but yeah, I would say, honestly, both of you bring up good see it instead of uh, disenchantment. If you want like an animated fantasy series that's vulgar and funny or, uh, Knights of Badastum, if you want a bunch of LARPers in the woods with a Necronomicon (laughs) and it's just as fun and fucked up as you want it to be. It's essentially evil with LARPers. (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's awesome like it like it's it's stupid well, but it's evil, thought or evil dead 2 with larpers yes yes yeah uh but yeah i guess that we've reached the end of our episode uh um, yeah there's not much more to say about this i'm surprised we were able to talk as much as we did no i i'm, I'm glad that we were approaching an hour because that's usually what i want to try and get so yeah um dan we did your good. thing what oh pump my thing yeah uh i mean i'm still yeah you can check out with fetus with fetus.com um i have a couple web comics up there um so yeah check that out uh emily plug our thing uh we also have another podcast called new england beer reviews where we talk about beer primarily from new england but not always uh i mean we're doing it from new england so i mean i guess whatever yeah um and yeah we have awesome you know guest episodes like our missing fourth host liam anderson who has been on like three of our episodes and so those are some of my favorites so go listen to those now if you've never listened to our show again it's a good way to get into it (laughs) uh and i will take the time to wrap up this show uh, we have been See It or Screw It. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter. We are not on Instagram because what the fuck are we on Instagram for? Yeah, what We're are we going to do? Take pictures Instagram? of ourselves watching movies. Um, uh, we also now do have a Patreon. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com backslash S-I-O-S-I. The initials of our show, See It or Screw It. S-I-O-S-I. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Theater Screw It spelled out because uh, somebody else has S-I-O-S-I. So damn mm. that because it looks like a fucking forgotten ghost account. Um, yeah. Check us out in places. Give us some money. We're going to add some things to our Patreon of maybe early releases for the bottom tier. Um, I think bonus episodes for the mid tier. And maybe, like, bi-monthly being once every two months, like, AMAs on video or something. Oh, God. Dude, we can, like, do the thing that other movie podcasts do, which is, like, fucking uh, watch movies on, like, on, with, while on Discord, like, certain tiers. All right. Yeah, that that would work. Love us enough and we'll... uh... suggest movies that we could watch, potentially, I would Yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, all, if, we don't, if you, TJ making all the shots. And no, if, if you're us like, I feel like there should be a tier where it's like, I don't know, if you're giving us like, I don't know, fifteen or twenty bucks a month or something like that, like you, you get to be on an episode with us. No. Or like, I was gonna <laughs> say more like you could you can pick the movie for us. Yeah, 
All right. Yeah. Like yeah. once in a while. Once like that while. would actually be kind of fun. That could be interesting. Yeah. Bitter's choice roulette style. I like it. Yeah. No, I mean, we're, we're desperate to, desperately trying to find a film that TJ hates and the rest of us like. Um, and so, and yeah, hit us up hard. on social so, media. Yeah. Um, yeah. Find a, I mean, actually, probably preferentially find me. I am, uh, I fucking forget, probably EJ Schick on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, um, you're EJ Schick on Twitter. I'm TJX Davis on Twitter. Uh, uh, I'm also on. Well, I'm on Instagram, Twitter? but don't find me there because I'm fucking private. Please stop uh, anybody who's actually been trying to like friend request so me. Just don't, don't bother. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Don't, don't even fucking mention that. Well, I wasn't thinking about it. Okay, nah. whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. All right. I'm just not gonna that, yeah, we're not gonna do. Wrap it up. Uh, yeah. What is my Twitter? Uh, last word? Anyone? Uh, watch something that's not this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But watch Danny McBride in Vice Principal. In like anything or, or, else. Or um, yeah. Righteous Gemstones. Or hell, Alien yeah. Covenant. Like... <laughs> Alien Covenant. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the best parts of that. Uh, but yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.